Jonathan Smith has to wait two hours in a cold, long queue for a table to become available at his local pub. But for just £30, this man's pain can be saved. Now you can pay for an expert table waiter who will go ahead of time to a name pub of your choice and save the table for you to enjoy that cold pint alone. Book today with Mabel's Table Savers. Terms and conditions may apply. Mabel Table Savers are not liable if the table waiter becomes intoxicated and refuses to give up the aforementioned table. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 32 of Beer and Bants. My name's James. My name is Chris. Uh, and very quickly, before we go into the tried and tested, I'm sure you said waster instead of waiter on the uh, advert, but there we go. Right, so the tried and tested yeah, for this episode is uh, from Loch Lemon Brewery in Scotland, and it's called Zoom Time, mainly because it's uh, quite ironic, considering how we have to do this nowadays. Uh, it's a session New England IPA. Uh, I've had this beer before. Have you had it before? Uh, I don't think I have, no. We, okay, we have in which case, I will let you though, have yeah. a swig while I'm going through the breakdown of the back. So this contains Amarillo, Galaxy and Mosaic hops. It's got a passion fruit and peach aroma with citrus fruit and pineapple flavour. Sweet and juicy finish. Now I've had this before and I've, I've found it quite enjoyable. Um, it's kind of a nice balance of everything. Bit of hopness, bit of fruitness. What's your take on it? That is incredibly pleasant. I, I'm annoyed if I haven't had it, that, that we haven't had this before, Chris, if I'm honest, given how I, I did come and see you the other day as well. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like just saving uh, it for, for a podcast, you know, but... I just say logistical good. issues yeah. that have been created by my uh, co-host. Uh, right, so, um, yeah. It's <laughs> He's quite... in witness protection, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no need for that anymore because no one wants to find you. Um <laughs> I mean, that's shockingly true, given my family's reaction, but... Um, yeah, how many yeah, times no, have they visited, James? <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. But I, I've come and visited them, and that they're away at a caravan, so that... Yeah, I do, I do believe they purposely left when you were coming down, weren't they? Um... Honestly, it's the story of my life with family wanting to leave me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, no, that is, that is a really pleasant drink. Uh, I think, you know, the tropical notes you definitely get, it, it's very much kind of... Uh, medium body kind of drink uh, not much bitterness i think new england ipa i was expecting a little bit more kind of hoppiness towards the end whereas it's kind of very much in the middle kind of taste to it but yeah well, with craft beer though session has kind of become the tag word for more subtle and easy drinking so i mean somebody and this is definitely th- yeah i saw somebody complaining about it uh, online saying when did session become the word that like, the tagline for week well, I don't think that's such a case. It can be lower alcohol, but this isn't a weak beer. It's still 4.5%. And I don't think it no. lacks any flavour in that beer either. So, yeah, You should so- try some of the session beers we've had because they're not weak. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, so it's quite a light pale colour. Um, quite hazy, obviously. Um, I do ke- I pick up the passion fruit notes in the aroma, but I can't really pick up much of the peach. But yeah, it is that very typical citrusy, fruity... New England IPA flavour, just without the massive bite. I get a bit of the bitterness at the start, a bit. Um, so that's probably why you don't pick it up because you tend to miss those earlier notes, but pick it more yeah. at the end. Where I pick up that initial, there's a very subtle, subtle bitterness to it. Not yeah. nothing massive, but then yeah, that kind, the balance of the fruit and the hops just sails quite nicely through it, really. So I find that a very, very enjoyable drink. Uh, and judging by your face, I should say that you agree with me. I definitely agree with you, Chris. Honestly, this I think this is one of the the best ones on the uh, podcast. Early on, going in there, very strong with that opinion. Uh, that, but yeah. that is a a big shout, especially for what you class as a session. Yeah, no, I I think that's just a really well balanced drink. 
and I, I think it's one of those where we don't have that many kind of the tropical ones that are very good. Normally, it's quite tangy or it's mm. really hoppy towards the end. Whereas, like I say, it's just really well balanced. That um, that that is quite pleasant. And I think it's that pineapple as well, which we, we don't. I'm trying to think of we not well. I suppose it's the pineapple milkshake ones that we've had in the past, hasn't it? Some yeah, of the that was terrible ones. Uh, and maybe that's what I'm like. Why it tastes so good because you've had so many really bad ones with those kind of fruit and flavor notes but yeah no i think that's that's pretty good but then saying that we we do like the kind of lot beers don't we so some uh there was another one i wanted to try and get but i'm struggling to get hold of it at the moment uh which was a, a bit more of a big hitter and that was really pleasant uh but then some of the beers can be a bit average so yeah it's what you kind of expect from the the brands that become bigger and more popular you do kind of get a mixed bag of some of them will be really nice and some of them you just have yeah, I can drink it, but once enough. But yeah, yeah. so that's uh, Zoom time. So uh, yeah, apologies for the delay in the podcast episodes. Um, nothing major really happened. It was just a case of uh, James had a bit of toothache, which put him behind for two weeks. Isn't that right, James? I mean, I mean, there, there was a few other things as well that have happened. That are a not that not that hindered recording of the podcast at all. It oh. didn't hinder the recording, nope. but yeah, congratulations, mate. But yeah, uh, outside <laughs> of that, yeah, I I had a tooth extracted, which was a a great a great experience. You, mean you, had, you had a toothache. Toothache, yeah, I had toothache. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so uh, so as a result of that, he couldn't record. So. Honestly, I I'll be honest. <laughs> it was a very. Uh, weird night that I don't remember what I did I had a little bit of toothache before I went out on this night out um we ended up having a lot to drink I think between uh, there's a large group of us between us we spent like 300 quid and then I I had some dominoes and for some reason that knocked my tooth out uh like out of whack and just completely caused me massive pain so yeah have you ever seen a film have you ever seen a film called don't be a mess so central whilst drinking your juice in the hood no, <laughs> no. Uh, it's a film with the uh, Wayans brothers, so Sean and Marlon Wayan. Uh, and inside <laughs> it, there is a uh, crackhead who walks around and says, like, Yo, man, I got these cheeseburgers, man. And that's what I imagined is like the nighttime effect of what happened with you. Uh, and that's the real reason why you damaged the tooth. Anybody who actually knows that reference or who wants to search it on YouTube, I'm sure you'll understand afterwards what I'm like. I'm, search- I'm searching it afterwards. Like, <laughs> I'd be careful about who you search. I'll be careful you search it in front of, just because it's very specific. Um, well, I'm in the office. I'm in the office on Wednesday, so I'll get into the middle, you know, put it on loudspeaker. Um. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, on the lines of uh, entertainment, I have been watching our favourite streaming service, James. We might as well just say it's our favourite now at the moment because it's the main one we keep on watching. So we need to it... get a referral code. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't work, but if you head over to Disney Plus and use uh, Beer and Bant's referral code, you'll get 10% off. You know, somebody will try it. So, <laughs> there'll be one. One person. Yeah, I know exactly who will try it as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, a bit more close to home with that one, I think. Uh, but yeah, so the I've watched a film on there and it's called uh, Safety. So... There's a lot of these type of films about. Um, it is a sports-related film, but the sport is more the setting rather than the actual story. It's more of a human interest yeah. story. So it's very similar to all on the lines of Blindside or Miracle. It's more about human interest stories with how, how people come overcome um, issues in life and still manage to succeed despite these things that are going on in their life. So... Um, 
safety is all set inside Clemson, which, yes, I am a Clemson football fan as well for the college football, but that doesn't really have much of a bearing on it. It's more of a case of, it's focused around a particular player called uh, Ray McArathbe, um, who was a safety in college. He got to school on a scholarship. And basically what happened was his mom was a drug addict. Okay. So uh, she disappeared and he's got a younger brother who was about like 12 at the time. And what happened was um, they found the mom, had to put her inside a drug rehabilitation program. Uh, and then as a result of that, they were going to take the little brother into care. And he didn't want his brother to go into care. So he was like, oh, I'll look after him. Sneaks him into his dorm room on his campus, which is like not allowed. And essentially yeah. it's, it's all about the whole kind of thing of him balancing a scholarship of education, a scholarship of learning a complete playbook for a football team, which anybody knows that about American football, that is not an easy thing to do anyway. And then yeah. also be a full-time carer for his little brother whilst sneaking around campus and yeah, when it shouldn't be there. And obviously the, I'm not going to give too much away because it is a really enjoyable film. It was a lot better matching. I anticipated it to be because with some of the Disney ones, you do feel like, do they Disney it up a little bit? Well, I don't feel this was the case. It did feel quite genuine. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's definitely a interesting story to watch. So um, if you, haven't actually seen that one or it's one of the ones that you're intriguing about. I'm not too sure it's actually going to be any good or not. I would definitely give it a blast. It was really, really enjoyable. Have you heard you of it? There as, like, have you put it up there with like uh, Bindside and stuff like that then? Because we have talked about sports movies on the uh, podcast before, haven't we? Yes, yes. So, yeah. So is it kind of, you put it up there with that kind of highest, highest theme as well? Um, I think the story is equally as high. Now, Blindside is an absolutely fantastic film. But then again, it's a far bigger budget to get to that level. The budget for safety isn't as high as that, but I don't think it detracted from the storytelling at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think makes sense to be fair. Sometimes you can watch it and you're like, oh, this would be a really good story if they put some money into it. And then it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel anywhere near as big budget as like, such as the Brian side or Miracle or anything like that. But I read both me and my wife. We watched it and we were gripped all the way through. It was a really, really interesting story. So uh, I'll, I'll put it up there with the likes of the, those films. And it is based on a true story, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah like, it is a true story yeah, as well. Okay. So. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes it not, more not knowing that kind of historic background of it. So yeah. <laughs> if well, it is a famous story that I didn't know, that's why I was checking. Like, yeah, uh, it, it, well, it was quite a famous story. I mean, it no. featured. I mean, on the the in the end credits and things, uh, it's actually got the real footage. About mm. um, like I do, player. I do like when they do that. To be fair, yeah, okay. No, the that, player, that brother, family, uh, Oprah Winfrey interviews, and all that type of thing. Yeah, okay, so wow. that like in the, that's all like in the credits and stuff, just to show the real connection to it. But yeah, I I, I thought it was really good and pleasantly surprised. I say because sometimes with the big companies they can Hollywood it up, and I'm just I'm not a big fan of that. But I prefer to keep it like real and gritty. I think that. Gives it a better edge. Yeah. I always kind of think about kind of that real edge kind of story. I I was rewatching Pursuit of Happiness the other day. Mm. uh, You know what? That's one I've still never been to watch it. I think you especially would would really 
I think appreciate that human interest story oh, of kind of a. I know the yeah, story. I just haven't yeah. actually watched the film. Yeah, so. and just that idea of like a dad who's willing to do anything for his family and just try and like make his way up in the world, and it is such a good story. But it, it's one of those where I think Will Smith once talks about in an interview, like they try to do a very Hollywood style because he kind of goes into kind of a a trader, and you know they try to make it this big production. He said it just ruined the story, and they kind of had to dial it back down and just you know really show him at, at his lowest points instead of trying to focus on some of the highs um and it just is such a good story for that because i don't think that's particularly high budget but i think it just kind of shows you know if you've got that real emotional story and like you can develop that backstory and kind of actually i suppose connect with the characters and connect with that backstory it, it, it makes it and like you say you don't need you know you know flashy uh cars and uh, big actors and, and a big budget to, to show that if, if you can really show that kind of heart to it it's that whole thing of less is more sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and with those stories, the interesting part of the story is them overcoming all the adversity and still managing to succeed. You don't need all loads of lights and big bangs and flashiness to it just to, you know, jazz it up. That Actually keeping that simple yeah. and keeping that emphasis on those issues makes it far more enjoyable, in my personal opinion anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I do actually want to get around to Pursuit of Happiness. It's one of those films I've seen bits of and I know the yeah. real story. So I remember when it was coming out, I researched a lot of it because I just found it a really interesting story. Um, but yeah, I still never got into watching it. So. <laughs> I mean, he, he's done so many good films, though. Uh, Seven Pounds as well, if you've never seen that, that's really good. Like, mm, I've heard mixed reviews on that one. So I, uh, Oh, have you? Okay, yeah. okay. I purposely... It's, like, it's on the list to watch at some point, but I'm not going out of my way to watch it. So Yeah, I think it's also... I, I won't say a single word about the story, but it is one of those where if you know what happens, it kind of ruins it yeah. in a way. You know, it's like Sixth Sense. Like if you know the end to Sixth Sense, the whole, you know, the, that moment Twist, yeah. is the big thing. Yeah. So um, same with Shutter Island and stuff like that, really. Like, oh, Shutter Island was a fantastic you know, film. I, I love that film. I thought it was yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, once you watch it, once you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll never have replay that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, it's definitely worth a. That was safety was the one I watched on Disney Plus, and I really enjoyed it. And yes, there's a lot of other films you can watch that are very similar to that type of stuff. But yeah, safety. I, if you have got Disney Plus, yeah, we need a referral code definitely. <laughs> uh, the biggest problem is we kind of exhausted everything. <laughs> everything that we've watched on Netflix, we want to want to watch. We watched it. Anything you pretty much want to watch on Amazon Prime, we've watched it. We've got. TiVo and there's never anything to watch so you kind of get to a stage where you're exhausting all your options really so it is frustrating well, I, I think but... we've said it in the past though I mean we're going to talk about Disney Plus a lot because Marvel and you know the fact they have this really good lineup of Loki coming out next month you've got the Black Widow movie uh, coming yeah. on to Disney Plus as well and then going forward just a lot of content yeah. And they have a really good release schedule now where, you know, it was a bit stale to start with. And I think two years ago, Disney Plus was was not worth getting. But actually now they've managed to build up that content and get a really regular reschedule. You're like, actually, you're going to keep it going. And they do that thing I hate about um, kind of streaming services where they release everything one week at a time. I do prefer when they release the whole thing no, and I can binge no. it. I personally like that, but... Exactly, it's called patience, and and to be fair, from from a TV point of view, you get that suspense, you get that kind of build up from 
you know, when it cuts and you've got to wait a week and you're kind of, oh, what's going to happen? And you try and invest more in the show, I think, if you have to wait a week between each episode. So things like the, the Marvel shows, I loved because I was constantly questioning what was happening. And yeah. then they suddenly show you stuff next week. You know, oh, it was that instead. Oh, I wonder what this is going to be. Whereas when you binge watch and you're like, oh, I wonder what happens next. I'll, I'll just click play next episode. Yeah. It does ruin some of that. But at the same time, you know, there are some shows like, the Mighty Ducks. I wish I could binge and just get over and done with, but I'm too well, invested. We said that was a mistake so. when you first started. But uh, very quickly before we move on to the Peter Falk, I will confirm that you said two years ago Disney Plus wasn't worth getting. It was only released 14 months in this country. So, um, oh, I, I illegally got it. I'll be honest. I don't care. Oh, I mean, you've just admitted that, and there are people that this listen. can't be held in. This can't. This can't be held against me, of course. Oh, we can. Uh, right. So uh, the tried and tested was Zoom time from Lock Lemon Brewery. Now, moving on to the Peter Falk for this episode is from Cloudwater, and it's a session IPA. Now, normally we don't have two very similar styles of beers, um, but there's actually a reason why we've done this. We don't. We generally go for extremely varied beers throughout an episode, about and quite contrasting yeah. a lot. With this one, well, I wanted to see how much of a difference the subtlety between a session New England IPA and a session IPA, how much they would actually either work quite nicely together or detract from each other. So we've kind of gone from a lighter, fruity one to start off with, and then we're going into the session IPA. With, which has got Talos and Simcoe hops in. So, again, different type of hop set up. Um, have you had a swig of thought? Or? I, I, I haven't yet. My, my, my initial thoughts is the fact that it's got Simcoe in. Like you say, the previous one, very tropical notes you tend to get from those types of hops. Simcoe, I'm expecting hoppiness. So I think I'm okay. going to love this because if it is that kind of hoppy aftertaste, that is what I'd be looking for. So that's going to be my... Uh, well, it says the session IPA features Talos, a new and exciting hop. And Simcoe, a modern classic hop uh, in a delicious and easy drinking beer. So, uh, looking a bit confused there. Were you analysing or? Yeah. No, I am. I mean, I always look confused. This is just my normal resting face, Chris, as you always point out. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's one of those when, when you go for a really well-balanced tropical flavours and you do have kind of, what was it, peach, pineapple. Um, this is very citrus, very yeah. citrus in itself. And also it is that bitter aftertaste, not massively overly <clears throat> bitter, uh, I would say like overly hoppy, but it definitely feels more bitter than the previous one. But if anything, it just tastes a bit sour. Like, I think that's what I'm getting, that citrus yeah. note, the sourness from it more than anything. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think it's as complex either. And I think that simplicity after going for a very complex uh, New England IPA, probably uh, doesn't do it much favours, if I'm honest. So. Yeah, but it's very similar in colour, so you've still got that very pale, yeah. yellow, hazy look to it. Um, the nose, you can it's a bit slightly more hoppy on the nose, but as we take the sip, it's... Yeah, you, you initially pick up the citrus, but then there is that more of a hoppier aftertaste. Mm -hmm. Not a big hitter like a normal IPA, but it's definitely got more of a bite to it. Uh, definitely nowhere near as complex as the previous one as well. It kind of has, it's kind of, I would say it's kind of got like a very subtle pine aftertaste to it, which is um, just the way that swapping between the two different beers. But it was kind of, that was kind of the flavour that was initially coming up in my 
in my mind about the aftertaste, which yeah. would make sense because you're not a massive yeah. fan of piney flavoured beers, are you? No, but I, I think that does make sense as well, just from the kind of dryness of the aftertaste as well, with that yeah. kind of hop. I, I, I understand. Yeah, I can, I can totally, get, I can totally get that as a kind of a flavour profile. Yeah. I mean, what's surprising for me is as well, the other thing we should mention, these are both 4.5% beers. I would yeah. say the Session IPA tastes a lot stronger. Yeah. Because I think it's just that hoppiness and bitterness. Like, it just tastes stronger. Um, and I suppose because it is more kind of overly citrus, very sour as well, it's less fruity balance to it. That kind of takes away from some of the alcohol maybe and masks it a little bit. So, yeah, I'd say it's, this was probably close to a five. Yeah, it's definitely got that kind of feel to it, hasn't it? But I think that's kind of that... Uh, bitterness with the hop, really. Um, it's also the first cloud water beer we've done, um, which is quite surprising considering they're quite a big brand. But yeah, it's more about trying to find something a little bit different, really, rather than just the everyday stuff, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think that's quite it's. Yeah. I'm glad my uh, experiment has kind of worked because it has, they are very similar in strengths, and you can see why I picked the two side by side, but they have got a very different effect. So yeah. I think if we'd have had a bigger yeah. hitting beer in between, which I I was also considering, which I mentioned to you earlier, I think we wouldn't have picked up on as many of the flavours. So No. And I, I think based on that, I would have loved the second beer as well, and you probably wouldn't have been as big a fan. So oh, it's all right. yeah. we'll find out next episode, shall not we? Find out next episode. But yeah, I, I think also it just shows to uh, all of the uh, listeners that you do think about the beer choices ahead of time and that they're not just four beers that we randomly pick out of a fridge. No, no. Uh, there is, there is a lot I mean, there has been times where we've done that, of, but generally there's quite yeah, a lot of planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, so yeah, what was uh, you want to talk about then, James? I mean, my, mine is a bit random, and I, I, mean, I was going to... It's you, of course, it is. Exactly. I was potentially going to say this till uh, next week, but I think, to be fair, it's just something that, with other stuff, I've, I've been getting into a little bit more recently. Um, and I was going to talk about shares about stuff, and, and specifically Brewdog, if I'm honest. So I have... Yeah recently invested in Brewdog. Um, Did you not have any before? I didn't have any before. So it's something we we talked about privately before um, because it's something you invested in really early on when it was really cheap, yeah. I think. Um, I, I probably paid a little bit more than you, probably twice as much, if I'm honest, uh, per share, probably, I'm guessing. No, I think the price is about the same. It's just what they're worth later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing because they, they do these kind of, uh, what is it, equity for punks. They do these yeah. kind of release schedules where they release so much uh, kind of equity or shares that you can buy into. Uh, and they and they do have a, I think, a good reward system. Uh, and I think it's the same as when you got it in terms of, you know, you get occasional free beers, you get some discounts uh, kind of in store uh, as well as kind of online. Um, they do have this new uh, delivery app as well. So as part of mine, I actually got some free beer from the delivery app which i haven't claimed yet so uh i don't know i've never actually tried their delivery service uh, apparently it's meant to be really good because they basically you, you order it and they uh, can it right there and then so they actually give you fresh beer and then deliver it to your door within 24 hours from kind of your local which i think is a really good idea and um with all their collaboration beers as well like i think they um have times where when they're doing some of the fresh collaboration beers or like when it's a beer festival uh, like because they do one like every year a co kind of collaboration festival you can actually get some of those delivered to your door which i think is a really cool idea and i think you know if you're really into craft beer it's definitely worth looking out again we're not sponsored by brewdog but you know it's definitely worth looking into um but yeah no i just kind of what's your thoughts on on brewdog shares and and kind of the epsi um to be honest i think you've kind of covered the things that you like about it personally i don't i've been a shareholder with brewdog for a lot longer 
And yes, on the other occasion, you do get some, you know, some noise freebies and things. But overall, overall, with the amount of, like, what you get back for what you put into it, I don't actually think you get that much unless you are a person who frequents their, like, their bars or their online service a lot recently, if I'm yeah. really honest. Uh, yeah. Now, there's certain beers of Brewdog that I do like. But as a general rule, the majority of them I'm not massively drawn into. I mean, I know you like the Punk IPA, and um, I tried the, what is it, the Planet Pale? Yeah. Um, I mean, Lost, Lost Lager for me is probably one of my go-tos even even now. It's probably even more than Punk IPA, I think. That's you know, it's kind yeah, of, yes, I mean, yeah. you know, Lost Lager is nice, but I wouldn't pick it over something like a Sam Adams or a Brooklyn Lager, personally, for me. So, you know, again, yeah. I always think there's a... They always do something, but I can always find a better alternative. There's a couple of beers I really enjoy, like the, the Elvis Juice or Dead yeah. Pony Club and things like that. But I don't know. It's no, it's I, their own. I, I, the thing I, is, I it's everybody's yeah. flavour profiles are yeah. completely different. So some people, I understand why Brewdog got so big because they do yeah. cater generally some something for everyone. Whereas, but it's making something keys and there's a couple of different brews that I really really like, but. You know, yeah, I, th- I think it's okay. I think it'd be better when you start getting things back, but that's not going to be for a long, long time. So I don't think... I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you there in terms of some of the... You have to frequent it very often to actually get benefit back from it. But I think, to be fair, the idea mm-hmm. of investing in something, just get freebies to then almost pay off what you're investing isn't really the point of investing in something anyway. So uh, it's a nice little bonus, I think. But I, I think for me, it's just the idea of... Uh, you know, there's not much craft beer things you can invest in. You know, if, if it's something that you like as a hobby or something that you actually want to try and support. Uh, I think we said before, Brewdog are nowhere near a small independent craft brewer anymore. But I think just the idea that you can actually be part of it and and kind of invest into something like that, into that area, it's it's probably the only, one of the only ones that I know in that kind of way and, and to get that kind of level of, uh, of involvement into. But that's the thing that there's a, there's a- you're basing it around yeah. their shares where, to be honest, yeah. the whole reason why you invest in things generally is, is to get stuff back for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I invest in multiple different areas. There's probably about about 12 different companies I've got investments in. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Brewdog is one of them, but there's other ones where uh, I'm investing in, like, startups. And, again, you know, I expected to see anything back. Some will fold, some, you know, may pay off. But again, it's all about trying to get the things off the ground. But it's all different settings. And then I also invest in more traditional routes, um, which again, and then I use the uh, dividends to come back from it to reinvest back yeah. into that thing as well to begin to grow what I have in them. It's just one of those things where traditionally that's what a, a share pot's doing. I don't think the share like the kind of shares that Brewdog in are greedy shares. I think it's more like crowdfund crowdfunding, but they just say, well you actually own this part of the company. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but I mean, in the end, that that is what I think the the online marketplace is going to in, in a weird way. I think crowdfunding is almost the way to do it. I mean, I look at something like Kickstarter and, you know, you try and invest some money into there and you potentially get it back. And, you know, it, it's just a quick way of them getting capital. And I do I do understand that. I, I do think, you know, the price compared to other stuff is slowly increasing. I, I you know, I think it's one of those where it will gain value and I think it's still worth having. Um, so, you know, from, from the investment point of view, it will bring back money and if i'm honest you know when i was looking at the price now versus two years ago um it, it has gone up by about 10 pounds a share which is quite a lot and that's thing and i think it's what 75 percent increase somewhere around those lines so you know it is it is more expensive and therefore you know hopefully in the future will be worth more i think what i'm always scared about is cryptocurrency because so many of my friends are like oh you need to invest, and it's a big thing online no. It's a terrible thing to invest in because, you know, currency, the way it is anyway, being a fiat currency is annoying, right? And maybe we shouldn't get into this, but um, <laughs> I do think it's one of those where when you have a currency that is so heavily influenced by the activity of random people online, that is not a good thing, right? And not from a trading point of view, but from, you know, if you look at kind of game uh, GameSpot, that kind of went massively high because yeah. loads of people on Reddit, kind of a social media platform were like, oh, everybody invest in this, we, you know, we'll make it really high and then we'll short the market, we'll, we'll make all the traders lose money. But then you've got people like Elon Musk who, you know, the minute he tweets anything about a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, um, what's one of the other, Asscoin, uh, you know, whichever <laughs> one, <laughs> yeah, Dog, whichever one of Doggy coin. Dogecoin, yeah, Dogecoin. Uh, that's the one that was on SNL. Uh, and that's the minute he does that, it affects the price so heavily. And the fact that one person has that much control over the value of that currency is crazy. And he's clearly doing it for his own advantage. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, he has the investment. And, that, and that's the point, because he has that level of control. So why wouldn't he? But I do find it, the fact that people are like, oh, no, I have another spike. You should keep investing. It, it just isn't worth it. And... Um, with anything, if you're ever online and you hear something, it's like, oh my God, this person's made this much money on this. You're too late anyway. You know, yeah. it, that's not the point that you're going to be investing it anyway. And I think sometimes it's just, it is that scam element of it where so many people who don't understand investing do get sucked into some of these kind of the big ones where it's like, oh, you could make so much money, but you really can't, not in the same way. Well, the, and they the, always say, you know. The fact is some people yeah. will make good money yeah. out of it. The vast majority of people won't. Yeah, but because but it's unregulated, invest, there's no way yeah. it. Yeah, and those, but those are the people who either invest a large amount of capital or invested two years ago, and that and that's the truth. They're the the wonder stories yeah. you hear about. It's not somebody who's you know invested five quid yesterday and is suddenly making 15, 20 quid today. Like it, it doesn't work like that. Mm. And I think that that's what's so surprising for me. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it's really got to me recently because uh, a few of uh, a few of my friends keep talking about kind of investments and stuff like that. And I I'm I I don't think I've invested kind of in the number that you have in terms of like different business because I'm always so skeptical about investing in certain things without really knowing. And I I'm with you. I think the traditional routes, if I'm honest, have the most security to it. It's far lower yield, but you know they are the but far it's, safest. It's risk versus reward, what, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's me always best thing to do but anyway. with the startups and stuff that we're talking about though it, yeah a lot of the money i put in there there's some i'll put in slightly higher than other money because i've experienced their service like first hand and stuff yeah. and then others are just smaller things that actually, actually i think it's quite a good idea if it pays off cool if not i'm not particularly bothered about that losing that sum of money does that make sense yeah so yeah, yeah no. it's like i already see that money is gone 
It's like, yeah, it's if like it's something back from it, it's a bonus. Gambling. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Only, you only bet what you can afford to lose, and that's exactly how investing so... works. So, um, if there is a dragon's uh, dragon from Dragon's Den listening, you know they can buy ten uh, percent of uh, beer and bants for what hundred thousand? Should we say two hundred? Um... Two hundred. <laughs> there we go. Got to make a plug somehow. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, now James has finished ranting about. Um... <laughs> like cryptocurrency and all random shares. Uh, I will very briefly, before we move on, say I do not trust Elon Musk in the slightest. Um, no, but I would want a Tesla, if that's the truth. And yeah, Just don't if drive it over 100 miles now because the roof comes off. Um, I, I, I didn't get, how that yeah, man has come out of nowhere, yeah. I, I just don't trust him at all. He said alarm bells. But yeah, um, yeah. back onto the beer. <laughs> so the Peter Falk was session IPA from Cloudwater. Uh very different to the New England IPA, but again, very, very enjoyable in my personal opinion. Now, moving on to the Around the World for this episode is called Hofbrau Original. Well, pronounced Hofbrau Original. And it's brewed in Munich, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It says and so yeah, it'll be Munich. I can't see where it's actually brewed. But, uh, yeah, so this one is 5.1% volume. It's a Hell's Lager beer. So this is going to be like a... I'd say a fairly standard German lager. Um, it looks like a fairly standard German lager. Yeah. It smells like a fairly standard I mean, German lager. Exactly. I, I think. Do you, want, do you want to have a taste and see if it tastes like a standard German lager? <laughs> no yep, that's a standard thing. German lager. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Anyway, I think that's enough about the beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we mentioned it before, haven't we, about uh, like German lagers as opposed to uh, Dutch or... Czech or anything like that. There's a very distinctive flavour with um, like German lagers, uh, like very subtle. Uh, I think it's wheat. We managed to determine, wasn't it? A very subtle wheat flavour to it or something like that. Barley malt, I think. Barley malt. Well, no, they're most of them, aren't they? So. Yeah, no, but I think it's just that that's the flavour you get in them. I think I'm more than. I don't think, I don't think this has wheat in it. I don't no, taste it. It's kind of like a wheaty taste, taste, though, isn't it? Oil, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's very a very distinctive flavour when it comes to uh, German lagers. Now, um, I'm not too sure if this is down to um, a Danish man who created a particular uh-huh. style, uh, like way of doing like lager. But it was uh, I can't remember them. It's, this is randomly popped into my head, so I do apologise yeah. for the lack of uh, information to go with it. <laughs> but essentially, it was after one of the World Wars. So I can't remember if it was the like, first one or the second one. Uh, it must be the first one because of the timing. Um, we know it's not the third one, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, um, he was massively bitter uh, towards like German people and the country as a whole. Uh, and this Danish book, it's quite rare for Danish people, uh, <laughs> and created this uh, style of um, brewing lager, which was supposed to be like the optimum way of doing it. Uh, and basically shared it to all the other countries across like Europe uh, that this is the best way to start. You can have it for free to use by all means. The one stipulation is you can't give it to anybody in Germany. <laughs> so I think it always makes me wonder, it's like that. Like yeah. that's the reason why their beer is always that slightly bit different to uh, everyone else's. <laughs> but I can't, I'm going to have to research that and find out who it was who uh, did it. And I'll give the full story about it uh, in a future episode. 
But yeah, it just randomly pops in my head. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that is a great story if that's true. I can totally see that happening as well. I think it genuinely um, is a thing. Yeah. It, it, no, it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm I just sure. can't remember all the actual ins and outs. It's been a few years since. Uh, I'll be honest, it's the kind of random that. thing that'll pop in my YouTube feed sometimes. It's like a random <laughs> suggested video. So, no, that, I think that, that makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, so it makes it would explain why their beer is so ever so slightly yeah. different to everybody else's style. But yeah, uh, but so I, what's I your take this, on that? Yeah, this is the thing, right? Like we say, it's a standard uh, standard German beer. I think for me, it's it, it's better than a lager, right? It's better than you know. I'm trying to think, you know, for most people who are listening, what they try and compare it to in terms of kind of an English lager. Um, well, you wouldn't because it's it's better than the likes of Carlin Foster's, yeah, ex- exactly, and all that yeah, type of stuff. And that's point because actually it's got so much more flavour to it, and actually the aftertaste is really pleasant, but it is very, yeah, yeah, very linear as well, very simplistic, not complex in my opinion. You know, it is kind of one flavour note towards the end, um, but I think it's for me it's one of those which it's you know we'll use sessionable <laughs> session beer. But, you know, it is easygoing summer drink. I'd say it was a bit more of a subtle Leuven brew. Okay. okay. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they, they've got yeah. a bit more of a harsher aftertaste, but this is a lot smoother, in my personal opinion, if you yeah, agree. Yeah, smooth, 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 smooth is the word I was looking for. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, so I'm oh, straight from the bottle now, James. You're ditching the glass altogether. Oh, I mean, there's not much left in the glass. It's, it's, it's that good. It's that good. Have Sorry. you smashed that already? <laughs> <laughs> right uh what was your other random topic you were going to talk about then james my other random topic i i actually can't remember what my other random topic was that's terrible well but in our production meeting you said you had two so uh <laughs> I, 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 I was going to talk about angels wasn't i <laughs> wow yeah i know don't don't, don't judge me right so um, on uh, your usual disappointing note shall we uh, move on to a bit of sport and shall we <laughs> My usual disappointing note. Honestly, I, I can't I can't remember what I was. I I I know what you mean. There was another one, and th- and this is I know this shows, you told me you're the prepared one. You're the prepared one. I am the uh, <laughs> on the cusp on the fly kind of guy. In yellow. I'm so busy, Chris. That's why, right? Yes, like, the, you're, you're the busy person who lives yeah, you could. in a flat with your girlfriend on your own, and I'm the one with you know. Two very young children, the age of three, you know, yeah, late nights, yeah. and, and yeah. I'm the one that's, yeah. You've got all that time yeah. awake, you know, in the middle of the <laughs> night to look at your phone and think of these ideas. And you're far more creative than me and, and far more intelligent. I'll just, I'll flatter you and hopefully that'll make this awkward moment go away. Well, just to go hand in hand uh, with <laughs> this uh, little like side note uh if anybody is interested in becoming a guest host or potentially a replacement for james replacement. please send all your information into studio at beer and oh, uh, oh kev will be right on it that's the sad truth isn't it oh i'll do it i'll do it he's already he's already by the front door mate he's there. like this is what he's been waiting for Right, well, uh, we will talk about a bit of sport now. Um, Obviously, there has been the announcement for the British and Irish Lions Tour. Uh, They've announced the squad that's going to travel over to South Africa. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it. I think the Lions is always something a little bit special. I don't think um, not having the crowds will impact it as much because I think it's still something special with every time yeah. they go over. Uh, obviously They're not it's always have like a minimized crowd. I think they are like, in yeah. some games. 
but not all of them. So I'm not too sure of the full ins and outs at the moment. I think it's still slightly up in the air. But yeah, as a overall picture, I mean, watching the Iron uh, the Lions tour is always fun. It's something that happens yeah. for people who don't uh, know what the Lions tour is. Essentially, it's a rugby union tour where they pick the best players from England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. Um, 23-man squad, fly over to South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand in a four-year rotation. So every four years, they go to one of those countries. So it only happens in each country every 12 years. Um, and yeah, it's just a... It's kind of like a... It's a showpiece event, isn't it, for the best of the yeah. Northern yeah. Hemisphere, just trying to tackle against the Southern Hemisphere, which in historical terms, the Southern Hemisphere has always been seen as the better one. And I don't think that's always the case, but I think yeah. it's uh, some, there is definitely moments where they have been significantly better than the Northern Hemisphere, but I think, yeah. I think there's swings and roundabouts as well. So, But yeah, uh, that's coming in July, I believe. This is where the dates yeah. have gone completely wrong. I don't know. This is where the lack of sleep comes in. I can't remember the dates. It's end of July, start of August. Yeah, end of, I think end of July. Well, there's normally about 10 games to have over there. Yeah, so there's so three actual tests with um, the full South African squad. And then they'll do play another couple of games against uh, club teams and then like different mix and match teams as well. So, yeah, it's always quite fun to watch. So that was quite good. Um, one player who didn't actually, make... Oh. Oh, sorry, Karen. Sorry, I was going to say there was actually a, a guy at work who was going to go for his 40th and like there was a group of them that had booked to go, spend the whole time, follow it around. And then, of course, this has happened and it, he's he's been really deflated about it. And he keeps checking because uh, um, this one I was asking about, like how much crowds were allowed in because he was hoping he might be able to at least go see one or two. But he doesn't well, know. I'm going to still be restrictive as well, though. So Yeah, and I feel like they tend to like... With those kind of things, it's more home seating is probably oh, yeah, prioritised, definitely. and that's the thing. So, which which makes sense, and we would hope is the same is true over here. But yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. So, well, there's one there's one player who didn't make the squad, um, and he's uh, England's tight head prop, Carl Sinclair. Now, I'm not too sure if anybody actually saw the um, footage after a Bristol game after the tour team was announced, but he actually got quite emotional with it. Um, which is in rugby terms is quite yeah. rare, yeah, yeah, but to actually show how much it meant to him to be on the Lions team and him not get it, uh, I think was actually quite an eye opening uh thing for people to feel actually a bit like you know the mental health and actually how much effort and you know pain goes into trying to get to this level. Which, to be fair, I mean, he's a good enough player to be there, it's just yeah. whoever. Well, so some of them, it's the pinnacle. Like, there, there are some rugby players who would rather go Lions Tour than World Cup or something like that. It, you know, it is that kind of level of it. So, well, there's one player from the England, uh, from England who's actually made the Lions Tour and can't break into the England squad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get wrong. It's a massive yeah. point of attention because <laughs> he is good enough. Like, he's an absolutely fantastic player. And he's literally tearing it up inside the Premiership. He's a fantastic yeah. player. Can't break into England squad yet. Yeah, he's managed to break into the Lions, so yeah, which is harder to get into, but yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah that's well, yeah, so it's um, it's definitely <laughs> been a bit interesting. But with that, over the last kind of 18 months, I think I don't think there's any kind of surprise anymore, really. It's just like normality, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, that's for us, right? We, we we're so desperate to watch some live sports. I mean, we keep talking about NFL, hopefully. Well, there's two um, games in uh, London, isn't there? 
So yeah. they're in shortly after the NFL draft. So the NFL draft, for people who don't know, um, is where they basically pick the best of the college players that are leaving college and coming into the NFL. Uh, they have seven different rounds, and it's all done on a uh, descending order. So the weakest team from the previous season gets top pick down to uh, the team that was strongest to win yeah. the Super Bowl. So yeah, and then seven you have the whole trade, trade mechanic of it, of it in terms of you know trading better picks potentially for certain players and stuff like that. In terms yes. of, uh, so if, for example, if you wanted the uh, first overall pick, you really wanted that player. Yes, you could trade. That team could trade that pick to you. However, it probably cost you an absolute fortune and like future picks just to get that yeah. one player. So it has to be something that's worth well for you. Um, I mean, I think like Jacksonville Jaguars signed um, Trevor Lawrence, who was highly taped as like one of the highest regarded college players coming into the NFL in history. Yeah, there's a lot of weight on that kid's shoulders. Um, I think they turned down something like four first round draft picks for him. Wow. So, like, literally, they're, like, they were not budging because they know how yeah. much is one player potentially could yeah. mean to their franchise. So, and it is, and some franchises, I mean, one player can make all that difference when oh, yeah. you know you know there's one weakness. So, that's quite I, I, I yeah. genuinely believe he is a game changing uh, yeah. quarterback, and I think he will win a couple of Super Bowls in his lifetime, whether it's with Jacksonville Jaguars or not. Not too sure, but you know. You've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? So, yeah. um, but the interesting stat from him, um, Trevor Lawrence is spent four years in high school playing quarterback and played three years in college playing quarterback and has never lost a regular season game. Yeah, I saw that, which I just think is it's just crazy. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is such a good stat to have. But again, it is that pressure on it as well. I, I, I think, to be honest, if he loses the first week, that pressure is gone. And then actually you can just focus on <laughs> yeah. his game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an overnight job i think they've been very clever in what they have drafted but there's nowhere on earth that they win the super bowl this year because although he's a good player you've still got to have your other pieces to go with you so yeah i i think it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out um was jack jack's game you want to go see yes in london yeah yeah uh, mainly because i'm trevor lawrence like i said earlier on on the yeah. podcast i'm a clemson fan um he played as quarterback for the clemson tigers as well so I've watched him for quite a few years. So it's been interesting to see how he kind of pans out, really. Uh, but yeah, so we've got two games that are coming over. So it's uh, Jags versus Miami Dolphins, and we've got Atlanta Falcons versus New York Jets. So hopefully they will go ahead. But let's just say I mean, I'm, I'm just not glad it's convinced. not a Raiders game. Right? I'm just glad <laughs> it's not a Raiders game. We'll have Walker and Raiders. That's literally all they do. That's what, uh, we went to see Seahawks Raiders, didn't we? A couple of years back, and that was all yeah. the show. Uh, but I know yeah. that I still have a Raiders flag. I still do have you really. One. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course that was the home game. But yeah, um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I, I'm hoping we'll, we'll get some baseball over here soon, like that, because that was the that was the thing we loved, right? When you know that came over to London. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Uh, we I really enjoyed going to the baseball. I'd love to go over in America, but. Again, until these restrictions are coming, it's not really going to happen, <laughs> yeah, is it? It's crazy, so, really. That's what uh, I'm worried about, because we, we had tickets to the cricket, but I, I just... Well, yeah, so, um, over in the UK, we've got um, our tickets for England versus New Zealand in the test at Edgebaston, uh, and the tickets that we've got are set for 10 days for lockdown fully, supposed to ease in the UK, yeah. so it's not really going to happen. But at the moment, it hasn't been cancelled, so we still have hope. 
And uh, I think that's what we're riding on, right? That that little bit of hope that we won't cancel it. Or, you know, I'm thinking because there's a large group of us, like if they need to socially distance, maybe they'll keep the large groups and get rid of some of the single tickets because they can make more money. I don't know, but... Possibly. It's be interesting to see how they do it. But I, I, I think there'll be some crowd. I just, I feel like it'll be for some of the boxers, you know, potentially, and they'll try and limit it as much as possible. So, um, and maybe just do a random lucky draw of who gets to keep it, really. Well, literally, the uh, the week after the uh, England-New Zealand test at Edgebaston is when the uh, Vitality Bust T20 starts as well. So uh, yeah. they're not going to have full crowds for all those. Um, maybe not for any of it, depending on what happens, really. But I'm, I'm look- I like my T20. It's a yeah, good three hours. It, it's, it's Sit a there, good plenty of beers. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> and then, of course, the 100 as well. Just yeah. happening. Yeah. Which had a really bad draft. This year, okay. I like <laughs> last year. Last year they had a good draft, and they they tried to replicate it this year, but it just it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, because they never played, it was like they tried to keep most of the format, but some of the players decided they didn't want to take part anymore, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, given you know the amount of money that was being pumped into it at the start, has kind of dwindled now because you know they've never really hit the ground running. Um, but I, I don't know. I think the format was always something that was quite appealing to me and you, really. Um, the fact that it was kind of back-to-back games and stuff like that, I think, you know, it's that different style of play that we like. Exactly. And it is that different thing and seeing kind of one of those new formats from the start was quite exciting for me and you. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really want to try and get to, to a few games. Um, well, hopefully. Hopefully we can. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. And I'm like, everything's up in the air, but... They're dangling the carrot of normality to us, aren't they? And that's that's what yeah. we hold on to, really. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Hofbro original. That was the uh, around the world for this episode. A very standard uh, German lager, but to honest, a bit more subtle than some of the others we've had previously. So, I would, if you haven't tried it and you like your German style beers, might be worth a bit of a blast. Now, our wild card for this episode is from. Vocation and Manchester Marble Brewery. Uh, it's a collaboration and it's called Hop, Skip and Juice, which is a hazy pale ale. Now, the colour is very similar to the uh, two sessions we had at the start of the episode. Um, the reason why it's the wild card is the can is just crazy. <laughs> really, there's no, no other I, choice to it. I, I um, agree with that. It is it is a very colourful can. Well, this is actually also recommended to me by Kev, who you mentioned previously. So. Okay. Uh, I bought a different one, which I sent you a picture to try and get the beer, and I'm sure you haven't done anything about that. Uh, so I uh, bought a couple of these. <laughs> Not angry, just disappointed, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, your tag yeah. one. Um, so, yeah. Oh, you sound like my girlfriend anyway. Uh. I hope not. All right. Sound a bit mannish. <laughs> so, so how's your Sorry, there? Doris. <laughs> 5.7%. Uh, it's all right, fun, Stanley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll say it's very similar in the look. If you want to have a quick swig while I go through the blurb on the back. Uh, a tropical pale ale with heavy doses of citrusy Simcoe to get the lips hopping. A delicate drop of citra to start mouth skipping and enough juice all round to leave you jumping through the soft, bitter finish. I mean... It's a bit crap on the blurb, isn't it? So, what's I mean, your it, it's, it's, it's not making me hop or skip, but I don't know. If I'm honest, I, I'm a bit disappointed in the sense of I thought there'd be more flavour to it, like it'd pack a bigger punch. Yeah, with a 5.7. Yeah. 
Yeah, but actually, it's it's really pleasant as as tropical beers go. But um, I'm not getting much kind of sourness. I'm not getting much kind of massive hop. I think I'm I'm definitely comparing it more to the session IPA. Um, you know, based on it being a hazy pale ale. But oh, no, I can smell the fruit as I uh, smell the aroma of it, and as I take a swig of it, there is a lot of fruit in this too. But yeah, it's not overly um, bitterness. There's not a lot of bitterness to it. It is, uh, I think, it's actually a very well balanced one. No, no, but, it's, it's really pleasant. I, I when I said like punch, I mean like strength to it at all. Like there is, for me, there's no massive. It's quite dangerous. There's no, yeah. There's no hop. There's no alcoholic strength from it at all. Um, there's more complexity than just kind of the single citrus notes. I think you do get some of the tropical notes as well on top of it. But um, I, I don't know. It just it tastes a bit like juice. <laughs> It is very, it is very, very juicy. There is a lot of fruit content into it, and it is one of the more subtle pale ales. Pale ale, I think, has got such a broad spectrum where you can either have a very nice, subtle, delicate type, like style of pale yeah. ale, and they go all the way up to like extremely bitter, extremely big hitting, like all the way through, like style of pale ales, um, almost like borderline bitterness from an IPA with some of them, but. It's more of a consistent flavour throughout rather than just at the end, like you get with the IPAs. So, yeah, IP, uh, parallels do have that. There's a lot of randomness to it, really. When you go, when it says parallel, it can literally mean anything. So, yeah, I mean, I it, they try and go as generic as possible. I don't know. I just from the haziness, I, I think I'm normally used to a little bit more kind of sourness to it, especially when there, there's fruit there. Involved. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting a little um, bit of sourness, but I'm getting it at the start, and again, that's where you don't really tend that, to identify yeah. that much. So. Yeah, that makes sense why you wouldn't pick up on that. So, but they, yeah, I'm there's all no, a, I'm all a, I'm there's all no real bitterness at the end. Yeah, there's always a bitter aftertaste for you, James. We know this, uh, right? So, <clears throat> oh, all this abuse. I mean, I definitely deserve it, but wow. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I mean, whose whose turn is it to order them this time? Uh, I think I did the last ones. Okay, fair enough. I feel like this is how it always goes, but I'm more than happy. I feel no, like... No, no, I, did, well, I did do the last one because uh, you were concerned that we were going to have exactly the same, but then it was my top two that confused you. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, and this is the thing, I feel... I feel that this is quite hard because actually a few of them... Uh, straight off the bat, none of these are bad. And, and I'm, no, I'm always disappointed when there isn't one that is like really bad that we can rip into and just, yeah, we, we all know that's going to be last. So um, I think for me, Hofbrau is going gonna, is gonna to be fourth place. I think just because it's a the standard ge- German. Genericness of it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, it's one of those where, yes, I, 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 I drink it, I would have it again. I like it. And, you know, German lagers for me is one of those go-to. I like swapping in Pilsners or German beers just to add a bit of variety to it. And it, like I say, it's better than a normal lager like Carling or Foster's. I mean, who drinks Carling, really? Honestly. Who drinks Budweiser? Budweiser is a great beer and I won't hear anything bad about it. Anyway, I will drink it in America um, and that's it. <clears throat> yeah, you, you have said that. Um, I would then probably go the Session IPA Cloudwater next. Okay. For me personally. I, I just think... You know, in comparison, just a little bit more simplistic. That citrus kind of notes to it definitely tasted stronger. Um, and given, you know, we've got three kind of three pale ales, I'd say it's probably the least sessionable of all of them, given that it's called session. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what I mean of them? It, that, that's my opinion. And then I'm probably going to go Loch Lomond 
Zoom time. Okay. Which, and this is where it's hard, the, the top two for me, because actually both of them are really pleasant. Um, and, you know, they both have that level of complexity to it for me personally. But I just think hop, skip and juice without, and I will pre- preface this because I don't know if you've tried them again and tried to like compare them. Nope. I haven't done that. And I think for me personally, I just think that hop, skip and juice is just so dangerous and so not having the strength given that it's 5.7 that I kind of have to put it up there because it has got that little bit of complexity. I think definitely Zoom time was more tropical and was probably in the, in that sense of the uh, peach and pineapple, wasn't it, in terms of the, yeah. the juice flavours? But actually, I don't know, that vocation is it, just it's just dangerous. So I think for a collaboration beer, that that's really good. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, we go. again, I will clarify all four beers are very easy drinking, and it's a yeah. very close one thing across all of them. Um, you'll be glad to know our order is different. Yes. So, That's what I live for. Okay. In fourth place, it is the half brew. It is a nice beer, but again, it's a very standard German lager. Yeah. So, although it's something we would definitely go to and buy on a regular basis, there's no real complexity to it to make it any different. So, uh, in third place, I'm querying hop, skip, and juice. So, okay. uh, yes, it is very enjoyable, but based across the other beers, I've just enjoyed the other beers a little bit more um which is surprising actually because i did think this would be my favorite head of all of them so in second place i'm putting the cloud water session ipa so yeah it's okay. again yeah. slightly different there was a bit of citrus to it which i wasn't quite expecting uh but with that extra bitterness at the end i'm, I'm probably more of a traditional ipa feel but i actually the notes on there i found quite pleasant really so it's quite enjoyable. And yeah, yep. um, my top one was Zoom time. So that session doing the IPA, I've had it before. I really enjoyed it. And for me, it's just the things that I enjoy on my palate. That is the thing. They've got all the notes that I really enjoy. So a yeah. little bit of the bitterness, yeah. a little bit of fruitiness. It's just got a nice overall finish to it. So yeah, that is my top pick. I think that makes sense. I mean, if anybody at home who's listening has tried any of these beers, let us know what your thoughts are of them. What order would you have put them in if you were doing this? Well, yeah, because some people do actually drink along as well, don't they? So and some of these yeah, are a bit so easier to get, to be honest, apart from the Hofbrau, really. So, uh, yeah, if you yeah, can drink yeah. along, let us know what you think. But you know, have you tried any other like vocation beers or cloud water beers? I know you were trying to end it there, but yeah, if you tried any other different types, just let us know, you know, any suggestions, anything like that, we can maybe get into... Some of the other podcasts. That's right. I'll bring up in the production Sorry, meeting where you don't pay attention, so it's fine. Sorry. Uh, okay. Thank you very much for uh, joining us again. Um, if you do enjoy the episode, please share with friends and family on social media and everything as well. Give us a like, you know, and any comments uh, along with like suggestions for topics or uh, any beers that you're really, uh, really vibing at the moment, please send them in and we'll try our very best to get them in. But yeah, thank you very much and we'll hopefully be speaking to you soon.